Welcome to the New Abbey podcast. We are still in our Reclaim series in the book of Luke. And today we will be talking about God as invitation. Before we get started, I have this question for you all. What does the 4th of July mean to you? So, welcome to New Abbey. <laughs> we are still in our Reclaim series. We're still in the book of Luke. This week we are in Luke chapter 8. And it goes like this. After this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Shuza, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. <laughs> Deserves a pause, you know. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving, produce a crop. So, <clears throat> the women, right? <laughs> it's like, do I do the whole sermon on just that one part? Um, I know, right? thought about it. Um, but here uh, is what I love about that. Um, I love a lot of things about that. But the book of Luke is full of juxtaposition, right? So it's very important that Luke points out that these women uh, were with the disciples and were with Jesus because it's a juxtaposition of what you think was happening. You think God was using these men, and then you find out these women are actually not only with Jesus, but supporting the ministry from their own money. Um, feel like there's a easy Beyonce reference there, but it's not coming. Um, and um, that creates this huge juxtaposition. But Luke constantly does that, right? So Luke indicts the rich, but then hears the prayers of the tax collector. Um, serves the blind beggar, but then also 
uh, Zacchaeus, right? And so it's full of these expositions uh, because it's trying to show us that God is not either or, God is both and. This isn't a book for men, this is a book for everyone. This isn't a book for the rich, this is a book for everyone. This isn't a book for the poor, this is a book for everyone. The gospel is for both the oppressed and the oppressor because God is both and, and that means so are we. In us all is an oppressor and oppression. And if we can understand that about God, about this ministry, then we can start to understand that about ourselves and we can start to understand that about the people around us, right? And then it makes a huge difference in how we live our lives if we're not looking at either or, but we're looking at both and. And the book of Luke does this so well. And then we move into this parable. So this is actually the first like true, legit, official parable we get in the book of Luke. Um, and that's really important. And so I want to just talk a little bit about this idea for a while because it's blowing my mind and uh, it's been really healing for me to realize that Jesus speaks in these parables. And then if you understand what a parable is, you realize that people only use parables when they are giving up their control as a speaker and giving control to the listener. If you're speaking in a parable, you're not giving information, you're inviting a conversation. If you're giving information, you just give the information. You tell a parable, you're inviting this conversation. It was never about God being in control. It was never about using words to control. It was about using words to invite. That's a very big difference. And if you grew up in, around, or even, I mean, heard of a church, it's kind of the opposite, right, of what we've been told. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of um, in 2011, I feel like I, this, this started to happen a little bit in our, in our society with the Egyptian Revolution, and it was kind of the first time where I understood like the power of Twitter. And I know now Twitter is like, our president's using it for trash, but um, there was this moment where for the first time, the news was also in the hands of the people. And it wasn't just this like flat experience I had with the news where I would just turn it on and there was one um, man usually there and just telling me what's going on and what to think. Now there were all of these stories. Like I could go on Twitter and see someone saying, the news is telling you this, but here's a video of something else happening. And you're like, what? You know, I used to just like, Anderson Cooper, tell me what's up, you know? And now I'm invited to participate in a way that I hadn't been invited to participate in a way. And it really changed a lot, not only for me, but for our world, right? We're at the point just a few years later now where you have to participate with this thing. We are invited to think critically in a way that we weren't capable of before, that we were capable of, but we didn't have the resources, right? We didn't have people saying, oh, that's what the cops told you happened in Ferguson. Here's a video from my phone that's in my pocket telling you a different story. Now you're forced to think critically. It's not about just sitting in front of a TV screen and consuming information that someone's telling you. We have the opportunity to engage with this. And that sparked all kinds of conversations, right? We're realizing that there's not really just this one story, but you have all these different perspectives in a room, and that should shape kind of your understanding of the narrative. That's power and responsibility being back on the listener. That's what parables do, right? It's not this flat, let me give you information. It's I'm going to tell this story, and from where you hear it, from your area in life, from your area in society, you're going to have something um, that sparks in you that is meant to be shared, right? When we look at um, anything that happens, right, 
I mean, even when we talked earlier today about what's going on um, at the border, what's going happening in, in Texas, every single person in this room is going to have a different tie to that story, some kind of narrative or their experience or the way they heard it or the way they believe in the way they think it. That should shape how we understand it. That's giving the power back to the community, to the listeners, um, and to the people of God, and taking away the control. And that's beautiful. And when you understand that that's what Jesus is doing by speaking in parables, it changes everything. Because you realize that Jesus is not coming to give God his information, but God his invitation. And so you have this parable, and the, the thing about this parable is everyone that was listening already knows this. Everyone that's listening lives in this agricultural time where they know what happens if seeds land on the ground. They know what happens if seeds land on rocks or if you plant seeds in thorn or if you plant seeds in good soil. This is not new information, right? No one's like, what? <laughs> we shouldn't plant the seeds in the rocks. You know, we've been farmers our whole life. I think they knew that, right? So it's this beautiful invitation to understand something differently. But of course, then they ask, what does it mean? And then God goes on to, or Jesus goes on to say, uh, this is about your faith. This is about the word of God. And as a side note, this is another time in scripture where we see Jesus give an example of proper and improper use of the word of God. That's very important. That goes to tell us, right? And then goes on to say that some might hear this and do something that it is not designed to do, right? Some might use it as information for control. Ring a bell, any, anybody? Um, and not for information. And so he goes on to give this beautiful analogy of all these seeds. I'm not talking about seeds. You already know that. You know what happens when you plant seeds. I'm talking about something spiritual happening. I'm talking about a deeper relationship and analogy and conversation with what's happening in your heart and in your mind and as you encounter the word of God. And so I'm reading this, and um, we were just in Hawaii last week. I know, life is so hard. Um, we were in Hawaii last week, and we were on our flight home. And my wife has recently developed like a fear of flying. Um, and so we're on the flight home, and you know, it's like kind of a long flight. So I'm like, OK, OK. And she's riding, and then she's like, I just had an epiphany. <laughs> and she is talking about this reality that, so we both grew up in the church. And you know, when you're deeply involved and committed in the evangelical church, you kind of have an answer for everything, right? It is God is information. And you have all the information. So that's awesome and very comforting because you know everything, you have an answer to everything. Um, and then you start to deconstruct that and realize maybe that's not true. But there's still a huge gap where that information used to sit, right? There's a huge gap for like time that used to be spent on things that you don't do anymore. There's this huge gap. And Sammy was saying, I feel like if this would happen five or six years ago and I was afraid to fly, I would have just had like some easy like evangelical answer like, God's got it. Or you know what I mean? Like something. <laughs> Something to sort of like instantly like, I have an answer for this. Um, and now she's like, well, now I've deconstructed these things. I believe in that, but it's uncomfortable. I've got like anxiety. I don't have answers for things. Like what, what is this space? And I'm reading the scripture and I'm realizing 
that when you are given a faith that is God is information, God is control, it's like the seed um, planted in the rocks, this thing bloomed and then withered away. So you have this moment, right? You have this experience where something is planted in you, it blooms and you're like, perfect. I will set my world around this flower and then it dies. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, yeah, sound familiar? And I think so many of us in this room have deconstructed our faith to a point, right? We were giving that beautiful thing and then at some point realized there was no foundation. So what do we do now? The thing we wanted, that flower, that control, that idea, the God is information, now that that's gone, okay, good, but what's next? And as I realize I'm talking um, and thinking and Sammy and I are talking about what she's doing, I'm realizing, oh, we're always throwing seeds. We are always planting. Our minds, our body, our souls, our spirit are always throwing out seeds are we willing to be present to figure out what it is we're planting, what it is we're throwing, and what it, what it is we're focusing on, right? Um, let me say it this way. I was watching this um, comedy special last night that almost changed the trajectory of everything I was going to say because it was so good, and I can't remember who it was. Yes, yes, uh-huh. Her, and it was so good. Um, there will be like nine more sermons about it, but one thing she said... Um, what did she say? You learn from the parts of the story that you focus on, right? She was talking about her own story and how um, after deconstructing some things and realizing some things, she got stuck in focusing on a certain part of the story and that's what she kept learning from again and again and again, right? And so this week we were in Hawaii and one of my dear, dear friends was there too. We were there for a wedding. And so we're in paradise, we're in like the most beautiful place. And uh, my friend, who's just a ferocious reader, brought four books, read them all, and they were all about death. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he brings four books, so he's like, you know, we're sitting on the beach, he's like weeping, like reading these books. <laughs> and then at one point, <laughs> at one point we're in our room, that has like these sliding doors to like the ocean, you know, and everyone's just like, you know, doing a little work, reading, like, I mean, it's, it's paradise, people, right? And he says, isn't it weird to think about that this is what people in Thailand were doing and then got killed by a tsunami? <laughs> I was like, why would you say that right now? Um, or ever, to be honest. He's like, you just, you're just on vacation and gone, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, Okay, maybe less books on death for the next vacation. Um, does anyone have a happy book he can borrow right now? And so I'm sitting there, and it was just, it was, it was such an example of um, him learning from the parts of the story he was focusing on, right? Our minds are always planting seeds, they're always open, and now a bunch of us, if you've deconstructed your faith, you have this huge gap to fill of things that you used to believe, and we're kind of just like tossing out seeds to see what sticks, and sometimes some really wild stuff sticks if we're not aware of what's happening, right? Of what we're doing, of what we're throwing out, about what we're attaching to. And we got into this conversation, um, I got into this conversation with him, and we kind of hit this point where it's like, well, the reality is that we're all like living and dying are the same thing, right? Um, it's kind of a matter of 
do you choose life or choose death, right? We're, we're here, we're all, like living is dying. That's, that's the one true thing we know. But what are we going to do, right? Are we going to say, well, even when I'm on vacation, I'm just going to think about the fact that at any minute, this could be over, right? Or I'm going to be here. I'm going to choose to be present, right? And Jesus is saying in this passage that those who hear might hear, those who see might see. Are we awake to understand what is being planted in us and around us? Because we are always throwing these seeds. And we have the opportunity to say, okay, I don't connect with God through Hillsong songs anymore. That's fine. But you have to be aware that that void is going to be filled with something. Either you choose what it's filled up or it, like society is going to choose and it's going to be gnarly, right? And so we have to get into this practice of understanding that God, Jesus is saying again and again and again, you're going to learn from the parts of the story you focus on. You have to be awake. You have to be present. I'm saying these things in this way, in this parable, to invite a conversation uh, in you that doesn't just say, here's an easy answer or something, but that says day after day after day, I'm going to be present enough and aware enough of what seeds are being planted in and around me that I'm engaging in this in a way that makes sense for my life in 2018 in Hawaii when I'm on vacation, when I'm doing all these things, when I'm being tempted to... Um, be pulled out by things that are, you know, I was reading this passage and I was like, the seed getting choked by the thorn, and it literally says by life's worries, by riches, by all of these things. We are surrounded by information, by society that is telling us it's not okay to be present, um, it's not okay to pause, it's not okay to stay awake, just go numb. <laughs> um, just go numb and hear bad news, and if we're not aware, we will. And as most of us have these gaps, and as Sammy was telling me on the plane when we were talking, and she was saying, I used to spend, spend so much time worshiping or reading these books or journaling, and now none of that makes sense anymore. <coughs> I'm like imagining this wide open field, right? So we have like a lot of us, our faith has, we've deconstructed it. Okay, great. Well, now we have this wide open field. What are we going to plant, right? If we leave it to happenstance, um, it's going to get grim, right? It's going to be all the things that uh, Jesus is saying in this parable, right? We're going to throw seeds, and they're going to scatter wherever and get stomped on or grow and bloom and die, or this thing worked for a second, and then it doesn't, or I thought this was working, but it got choked out by this, or we're going to garden. We're going to participate. We're going to invite a conversation, um, and that's the long game. And that's what everyone who was listening to this would understand, is that planting and gardening and seeds and growing takes a long time, right? Yes, you throw the seeds on the soil, but then what? You water, then what? You do something else. I don't know, I don't garden, but I know that it's a process <laughs> that takes a lot of work and there's steps. And so that's our question today, right? Um, with the understanding that Jesus is always inviting conversation and participation. It is not about control. Then that means that we're not looking for an easy answer to change something. That means that the responsibility is back on us to participate. And that's exciting if you grew up under a lot of control. And that's scary if you don't know what to do. But that's the reality of the fact of what Jesus is saying is come participate with this thing. I'm not gonna give you an easy answer. I'm gonna tell you a parable. And then, I don't know, talk to your neighbor about what you think it means. I'm out, right? <laughs> That's awesome. 
But now we need to talk to our neighbor. We need to look inside ourselves. We need to figure out what that means for us today. Because for a lot of us, great, deconstruction, but what are we going to plant? Where is our faith? How do we rebuild in a way that makes sense? And that's exciting. And that's why the diversity of this room is so important. Because I love hanging out with someone like Stephanie. And she's like, let's get silent. Then I'm going to ring a bell. And it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Right? And then other people are like, let's go to SoulCycle. Let's go on a hike. Let's just talk. I don't know what it is. But this thing is asking for participation. Because if you go numb and you're not aware of what's being planted, next thing you look up and you got thorn bushes and like wilted flowers and birds are eating your seeds. Sissy knows what I'm talking about. Um, And so that's my invitation to us today. How do we become aware of what we're planting? And how do we look at this fresh, open landscape after we've deconstructed our faith and say, great, I'm going to actively garden this thing um, and create something that makes sense for me in 2018 in my life as the world is going awry and we have these kids in camps and a lot of hatred is being spilled and it's bad news after bad news and I need some kind of understanding. I don't have the easy answers anymore. Great, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna plant? What does that look like? We cannot stay asleep. We have to be awake and aware. We have to have eyes to see and ears to hear what God may be doing around. And that will take a community and that will take some deep internal work and that's beautiful. The invitation is always to participate, is not to give up control, it is to take responsibility for our part. So we're gonna get back in our groups and we're gonna talk about this question. What do you want to be planting in your life and what needs to wither away? Those are the questions. If those sound good, talk about that. If not, talk about something else and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.